You're listening to Build for Impact, brought to you by MarketScale, with your host, Daniel Heward. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Daniel Heward. Welcome to Built for Impact. Really great to uh, have you here listening. Um, today, I've got a super awesome special guest, Miranda Gardner. Miranda and I have known each other for like 10 years, and we've been collaborating over the last seven of those 10 years uh, with U.S. Green Building Council, with International Living Future, with a plethora of, of uh, initiatives and programs globally. Uh, to give you an idea of background, uh, Miranda is a, a super awesome. Um, she's got a, a master's in architecture. She's a lead AP, uh, building design and construction. She's also a FitWell ambassador, holds several other credentials uh, additionally. And her career has really, if you wanted to talk about somebody who's done global uh, global work and global impact, uh, Miranda would be that person um, having uh, done work study abroad and, and uh, work abroad in uh, places like Germany, uh, other places in Europe and uh, around the globe, um, affecting projects in, in Asia as well. Um, she's been a long-term sustainability consultant, uh, sustainability advisor. She's currently a vice president um, of sustainable and performance design at HKS. Uh, I believe it's the number six um, architecture firm in the world, uh, but Miranda will, will certainly hopefully clarify that stuff for me. Um, super active now in uh, located in Los Angeles, contrib- contributing to the really awesome chapter of USGBC uh, Los Angeles, um, really active in equity stuff, in uh, leadership stuff, and, and really helping um, other entities or other segments of our green building world that would uh, get disproportionate uh, reduction in attention to really see uh, they get the potential that they need. So without further ado, Miranda, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today, Daniel. I, I appreciate the conversation that we're about to have. Yeah, it's uh, it's really awesome to, uh, you know, that we're catching up. We're in the same time zone for a change for the first time in several years. Um, so it's really, really cool to know that, you know, our network is super wide, yet we have that ability to catch up. We do. We do. I think we. I think to 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 your point about kind of global travels and impacts. I believe we've met up in at least five different cities across the world so far, and I'm sure once travel restrictions are are lifted and pandemic gets under control, we probably will see each other in various other places as well. Yeah, and, and you know we'll touch down on some of those areas. Um, and you know, Miranda, just to to get you up to speed as well as our listeners. With Built for Impact, I really focus on my four pillars, I, I call it, of holistic uh, green building. And, and that includes uh, wellness, uh, which is a, a huge focus currently, uh, includes certainly sustainability, uh, includes uh, transparency and material transparency, um, and then it also includes resilience. So when we combine those four elements, uh, what, what I feel uh, is that we've really started to address the holistic stuff that we need. And I'm really happy to have you on because you've made such awesome impacts in in the societal view of what we do uh, with your, your tenure at Urban Fabric and, and other organizations 
uh, prior to, and I'm super happy that uh, HKS found you uh, as a VP for them on the uh, on the West Coast and and in their global initiatives. So you know, um, starting into the dialogue, what um, what you know, give me your opinion of of, uh, of my selected pillars, and uh, let's let's just um, chat. Yeah, I think. What strikes me about your pillars too is that you know they're so interconnected. I think it's while they stand alone, and you could look at any one of them for a long period of time for your whole career if you wanted to. I think what's unique about the work that we get to do is finding the interconnectedness of them, finding the things that make sense and cross over. I think it's a lot of values that you know USGBC has brought to the forefront, but I think a lot of us working in this space have talked to our clients about, our internal peers, those in the network, those outside of the network that maybe don't agree with us on these topics, but have spoken to them about things like resiliency when they see people standing on rooftops after Katrina because their buildings have not been designed have not been thought through as to the impacts of global climate change. We think about things like material selection when we hear about people, especially right now, again, in the current pandemic, who have asthma, who have allergies, who have respiratory problems, because again, us as designers, us as those people in control of some of those selections have not been as mindful as we could be about where they're coming from, the chemicals of concern making those products up and how we apply them in our built environment. So it's just, it's for me, it's such an exciting dialogue to have always been a part of um, and to continue to be a part of because it keeps transforming, it keeps kind of looping back to the kind of space in between those topics and how they relate to each other, how we're going to use them, and ultimately how we're going to create action and impact as future generations, you know, come through our, our spaces, how, how they interact with our cities, how they kind of take part in the dialogues with their communities. Yeah, I, I really think that uh, the stuff that you touched down on, uh, you know, the the over time uh, elements that we dialogue about is really, really crucial, you know, and I, I roll back to resiliency and the, the best way that we prepare for, you know, these impacts, and we know we're going to get impacts, um, is to, you know, educate, advocate, mentor, um, do, you know, do leading and lead by example, and, um, and, and really engage, um, you know, future leaders. I've had a history of doing succession planning and basically finding, you know, that one person, two people, three people, perhaps, um, especially in, in nonprofit organizations to take my place so that I can get out of the way and let somebody else lead. And, and I think what you were just sharing is very crucial in that regard. Future generations, you know, I think it's incumbent upon us to share and have dialogues like this and share it with people so that they really get a good grasp of not only just the the core concepts excuse me core concepts of the rating system lead for example they also start to see where the synergies fall into place and what we do to really be exceptional when we start thinking about innovations and driving the the positive change to the rating systems you know, and on that one, I'll go back to the point in time when you were a manager or director with USGBC for several years on technical development. 
And, and you know, let's let's look at that sustainability uh, aspect just for a few moments, and and, and share where where you see that growth in that span of time, and how that's contributed positively to moving forward. And I know I set you up with a really long sort of uh, soliloquy question, but um, uh, I'm I'm curious to have our audience hear your your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, and in, in absolutely in agreement with all the points that you just made too about future generations. You know, you and I recently spoke about this, where I've alluded to the fact that when people ask me about who I mentor or who is in a mentor relationship with me, I've, you know, told them that the best mentoring relationships I've had are with people who, it's a give and take. You know, I act as a mentor, they act as my mentor, whether they are ten years younger than me or twenty years older than me. You know, we, that kind of continual learning dialogue that we have with each other, I think is, you know, speaks to all of this kind of collective learning and, and pushing the the mark forward. Um, as to the work and, and what I got to do at USGBC, I mean, I can't thank enough that organization for, you know, what they were able to set me up for and kind of the, the statements and the commitments that they made at the time. Um, Rick Fadrizi was still CEO when I worked there. And I remember him one time talking to me and saying, you know, if we do our job right, at that time, I think he said 10 years, but I, I'm sure he, you know, those those time spans span a little bit differently. If we're doing our job right, we effectively will work ourselves out of a job because these principles, these guiding kind of beacons of technological advances and societal advances and equity pieces will just be part of how we design, a part of the conversation for all of us on a personal and professional level. And it's always stuck with me because, you know, it, in some ways it gets hard when you continue to have to have these conversations or feel like you have to have these conversations and convince somebody that designing for a healthier space, designing for less use of our precious resources, such as water, such as energy, is somehow a conversation or a debate that you have to come to the table with to kind of fight them on because they're looking at their ROI. And and I think to your point, you know, you, you find different ways of talking to people. You find different things that resonate with them. I think all of us can agree we want to ensure that our children or our parents or our loved ones, our friends are taken care of in the spaces that they live in, that they're not sick, that they can have access to health care, have access to food, quality water, um, fresh air, daylight, you name it, it's kind of tapped on in, in the reading systems. And I think that's what I always kind of worked with when I was working with those teams. You know, Brendan Owens was my boss, Corey Ank, I got to work with Kimberly Lewis. These are just people that, you know, time and time again, I think back to conversations I had with them or things that they taught me. And sometimes they weren't easy lessons to learn, um, but we worked through them. And I think the the movement or the kind of umbrella of sustainability is stronger because of that. You know, as Kimberly always says, and has always said to me too, is that there's always room in the tent for everyone. Whether we agree or disagree, we have to make room so that these conversations don't just stick to the people who are sort of drinking the Kool-Aid, but really impacting everybody else, which links me back to what Rick said, you know, hopefully at some point, effectively our jobs will not really be jobs. They will just be part of the vernacular as we talk about these things. Yeah. I, I, I really, you know, concur with, with the, you know, the, the points that you've just made where uh, it's really odd is I had a discussion with somebody yesterday uh, who was wanting to find out how do they engage more people, potentially get more clients and, and, and make a bigger impact. And I said, 
you know, start with the attribute that you 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 can lead by mentoring and you can lead by getting out of the way and letting somebody else with with the drive initiative and knowledge to you know to kind of step forward encourage them to take their step forward um and and, and be engaged and she was kind of shocked by that i said so you know have those dialogues with your clients that you know they're talking to you about a potential of a green building project let them know that their mind and hearts are in the right places and and help them find the last couple pieces so they can really be stand out and and then really identify in their owner's project requirements for example what they're trying to accomplish and see if they can move that from just a facility perspective to including the wellness perspective to including the societal perspective. And uh, and it was a really great spot to go to. I think that you touched down a lot on one of my pillars um, on material transparency and and how we need to, instead of focus on that as a job, focus on that that as a a must-have. And and can you uh, expand upon that a little bit? Sure. Uh, I I have to give credit where credit's due to to the team here, the design green team at HKS, uh, Rand Eckman, our CSO, and my colleague, Allison Smith, who were part and parcel to HKS helping found uh, the Mindful Materials platform. And if you you haven't had a chance to look at it, I always highlight to people to look at it. They've also pushed for us at HKS to... um, take the Parsons Healthier Materials course too. And, you know, that transparency level is challenging for most of us, Um, you know, to read into these scientific words, these chemicals of concern, um, you know, where our product is coming from, how it's being manufactured, you know, what's the longevity and the upkeep and the maintenance of all these products. That takes a lot of homework and a lot of work. And, And I feel very fortunate that I have an organization and a team that not only backs that, but has done a lot of the legwork to help the architects and designers and clients that we work together with to kind of take some of the guesswork out of it. Um, you know, transparency is not just, okay, somebody created a data sheet for you and you can find it if you dig hard enough. It's really putting it out there where it is visible, where it has kind of all the attributes that I just kind of touched upon um, and making it legible and understandable to everyone who's part of the conversation. I, you know, that's where us as kind of generalists or sustainability consultants come into play. You know, we have to translate the information in a way. Someone's like, oh, that's what you mean by that. It's in my toothpaste. I didn't even connect those dots. Or, oh, that's the t-shirt or the carpet I, you know, want to put in my child's bedroom or, you know, any number of things that kind of hit on, again, topics that are sort of near and dear to their heart, but it's finding that dialogue, finding those words that make sense to them in that material transparency so that they're like, yeah, no, I'm never going to specify fill in the blank again, because this team has, has, has come forward and shown me, you know, what it means, um, what that product really means and how it's really performing and what are all the impacts as I move forward. It's educated decisions about these things, not just it looks one color, so I'm putting it in there. I'm, I'm going to uh, go on a little bit about the uh, mindful materials stuff because we are uh, Global Green Tag Americas uh, and Global Green Tag International 
are one of the contributors to that. We've got, I can't even remember how many thousand products uh, that, that uh, our clients' products that we've done the certifications on. The Mindful Materials connection and correlation back to Global Green Tag. And uh, where we started is, uh, you know, the whole idea of what Mindful Materials was about was to try and make sure there was one common repository and, um, you know, other other entities, and I won't name them by name, uh, were very much, uh, you know, holding that information, even though it was their client's information that they were already paid for, they were not sharing that information. And that, you know, that kind of behavior is appalling. Uh, but the more important aspect is that when we start sharing that that information, then the ability to have it become a way of life, you know, to go to that um, carpet tile or go to that paint or go to that beverage container, knowing that it's it's not going to be injurious to you and, and not having to, you know, spend the time to do the work on your own. That's that's a huge asset in, in what we've done with our, our API with, with this database as long as a client is willing to share the information, we've, we've yet to have one that doesn't want to, um, we, we make it publicly accessible and it's, it's completely, um, uh, completely current. So when a product's in for a recertification, it, it runs through the timeline. And as soon as bits and pieces are published that are substantive, um, that can be shared as a whole whole piece or a whole document, that stuff gets uploaded. And it makes it very easy for organizations like HKS and, and others to do it. And, you know, one of the things we did was come up with, uh, we call it a health rate. And that's the healthiness and use rating uh, of the final product as installed for the, for the end user. So it's great that the stuff has, you, you know, considered its carbon impact. And we have a carbon rate that does that. Um, along the way so that we as the building professionals can account for those things in a, in a sensible manner. It's really great to have that other attribute for the end user to know that now I've got my food label, as it were, for a product um, that, that expresses how safe it is in, in use. And, uh, and, and I think that's really moved things forward. And I really like the idea that USGBC now is starting a uh, a spot where you can go on and, and anybody who's putting together a consortium uh, of these of these products that wants to share um, that, you know, that is uh, uh, impacting and, and actually has a, a good plethora of products, um, they they can get a link into this this free site that now anybody can go to, to do their product research on. Um you know, instead of say, these are the only, you know, three pieces of wallpaper that you can use. So that, that whole move that started with Origin and, you know, participating in Source by Delos and all of those other things really have moved the uh, acceptance and, and desire for material transparency forward. I could not agree with you more. And I think the the idea of holding this information to yourself or kind of somehow feeling like you're the only expert in the room and so you're you're gonna cling to it tightly it just it, it in my mind doesn't speak to the work that we're trying to do we are in this together we are trying to work through these problems and solutions together the more we can share the more we can learn from our missteps or our mistakes you know the more that we can really collaborate on these issues 
the better all of this is going to be. You know, it's uh, there are experts out there. We know who they are. And guess what? They're going to keep being experts because they're going to keep finding new things to research. They're going to be keep finding new products and new ways of application and new designs, you know, on and on and on and on and on. You know, one idea doesn't stop that way. I remember as a child being really upset when someone copied my work and my mom said, what do you care? There, it's it, partially it's flattery because they like what you did. But you're gonna have another idea next week. You're gonna have another drawing next week. Like you know, you're gonna keep going forward with these original thoughts and these original kind of you know musings of your mind. It, I think it's the same thing here. You know, let's keep sharing. That's it's just we're just gonna keep getting better if we do that. I, I totally concur, and I really think that you know speaks towards our contribution to making sure that we've got both sustainability that's that we've mentored into and our efforts at resilience in getting uh you know more people in the next generation of society prepared for you know taking the baton and then running with it uh, we um we we didn't touch bases on net zero and and you know um i know that you've been involved in in some really cool things and, and we've advocated for international living future institute together how do you like these new uh, the new ability uh, and goal set to get to net zero? What what is what is your thought on that one? Whew, that is a great one. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not as familiar as I'd like to be with, the, with this part of the conversation. But I think, you know, where I'm coming at it from is that. Uh, similar to the materials, you know, how we look at net zero really has to start at the source. You know, what's the generation of our power? What's the usage? What's also the consumption patterns? I think that's, you know, a topic that we sort of, I think in some ways have skirted around in our dialogue today is that, you know, we have to be better about just not being wasteful a lot of the things that we use or the applications that we have because, you know, there is an, inf- you know, a finite amount of stuff that we can do. But, you know, I'm in, in, involved in a couple of working groups. Um, I think this is, you know, still a relatively new topic as we move forward. Um, I, unfortunately, again, I, I'm not as well versed as I'd like to be on this. Um, and so I'm going to have to punt that question back to you because I think <laughs> <laughs> you, you are you are far and beyond, um you know, more, more educated and more involved in projects like that. We're, we're still getting our feet wet. I'm still getting my feet wet in the topic. Well, you know, I, I just wanted to double back onto uh, an organization who you, you did work with and made some great contributions to, especially on collaborations and that's urban fabric. And in, in that world, you know, as a, uh, as a chair of the uh, lead uh, water efficiency technical advisory group and, and being engaged in that net zero water discussion globally for many, many years in, in the, the whole idea that, uh, that we get from living future that you can, uh, and you should be able to be self-sufficient with your project. And that, that has gone from being something that was very, very much an obscurity in 2011 in Toronto at Greenbuild. When, when we were there arm in arm with Jason launching the, the first net zero energy certification program and, and the concept of living building challenge uh, was, was still new and nobody had achieved it at that point in time. Uh, and, you know, they'd started in a, in a very big way with the Bullet Center and some other projects uh, at that point in time. And now the, the, the whole idea that we have several hundred of these projects in construction 
is pretty awesome. You know, I, I was very fortunate to be able to participate in uh, the very first Living Building Challenge project in Asia, in Shanghai, and, uh, you know, and contributed to uh, the majority of the de design of the net zero water system for that project. And we also, it was the very first LEED V4 Platinum uh, project in China as well. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll drift to geographies now because we, when I introduced you, I, I talked about people that I know who've made some really global impact and have really sort of um, set a, a, a collaborative mindset um, everywhere they've worked. And, and, and you know, that's, that's my uh, observation and uh, in, in points to share about, about Miranda is that you've been that person everywhere. So think about Europe, think about Asia and the momentum that we need and, and the positivity that we're created. And just give me a quick reflection on that. I, I, <laughs> so many reflections I could I tap into. I think sometimes when we have, you know, these conversations or we, you know, get together with working groups or, you know, we learn from each other, we sometimes forget not only how big our impact can be, but how small it can be too. You know, I, you know, you've touched on this a little bit. You know, I, I was given the opportunity with Bureau Hopple to go work in Abu Dhabi. We were, there was several of us seconded from different Bureau Hopple offices um, to work with the Abu Dhabi Urban Planning Council and help them develop their kind of city uh, emirate focused writing system Estadama. And, you know, again, the, the people that I worked with were coming from all over, Riyadh, London, uh, Scotland, Tunisia, like you name it, we were there in sort of full force kind of representing an international dialogue about sustainability. But what struck me was we went to one of the smaller nearby cities align and we're working with their city government to kind of help implement and work through this. And there were people showing up and handing us stacks of paper telling us, here's my PDF of this work. You know, there was an actual informational misstep that we were making in not even defining the terms on how we were expecting people to submit their information for a rating system. You know, they didn't even understand that a PDF was not a physical document. And we really had to kind of take ourselves back out of the conversation that we were so far entrenched in and realize, hang on a second, there's some stuff that we have to get to first before we can even get to an energy model, get to a submission about somebody's sustainability project, because there are still pieces of this equation that are unfamiliar to those coming to us and working with us on this. And it was, again, this sort of, you know, how do we how do we remember that we didn't end up here overnight either? We really had to learn some of this stuff and work through it and get through it. So, you know, it stuck with me that um, we often talk in acronyms or we often talk about things that, you know, sometimes people just don't understand yet. and. We got, we got to help them with that too. So, um, you know, that's what I took when I went to Germany. So, you know, pivoting to, to go to Europe, I was really fortunate enough to go um, with the Bosch Foundation on a fellowship year between 2015 and 2016. And even more fortunate that out of the, the 15 Americans who were selected for the program, it's a German-American program. You're an American and you go to Germany and work uh, for a year on different 
areas, uh, law, city planning, policy, et cetera. Uh, five of the 15 of us were sort of what I would consider to be in the sustainability conversation. There were two city planners, one focused more on transportation of kind of um, bus systems and public transit, one focused on the shared vehicle economy. I had someone who was in water policy, somebody who was in energy policy, and I was coming at it from kind of the sustainable building slash city planning policy element. And some of those conversations just, again, it opens your mind as to where there are things that we're doing really well. Like, and I, I say this globally, there are so many things across the globe we are doing phenomenally policy-wise, technology-wise, education-wise. And then there are so many things we are missing the mark on. And we have to embrace that we're missing the mark on some of this stuff. We have to embrace that, you know what, we got to learn from each other. Again, we go back to this kind of mentoring conversation. I think that's, you know, kind of, again, where I keep circling around to, which is we're going to fail at this sometimes. That's okay. And let's keep learning from that. Let's keep working on that. Um, you know, I continue to have dialogues that when I was in Germany, I got to with my peers who were there, but when I was there, they they took me to this program called Meet Meet Us through one of the embassies, and I got to go to a, a high school classroom in Frankfurt and talk to them about sustainability and what sustainability meant to them. And again, that next generation of stuff, I got to work at KFW, which is a financial institution, and talk to them about their partnerships with the bike network and Deutsche Bahn. I got to work with them as well on kind of a virtual water study and. They did not like me telling them that maybe they should cut back on serving meat every day in their cafeteria as part of that impact of their global environmental footprint. I got to work in the city of Hamburg and kind of see their policies that were taking um, into account a lot of the refugees that they were seeing during those years. And how do you incorporate people into your country and still preserve green spaces, still work on things like energy efficiency, water efficiency, um, and, and think about community sustainability um, as part of that topic too. So, you know, I feel so fortunate enough to see all of those countries, to work with all of those people. And I think ultimately kind of the conversations that we're having right now um, in the political climate we're in um, have really kind of helped me put myself in other people's shoes um, as we talk through these topics and as we find a, a better way forward. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more um, that you know, we need to uh, get society as a whole to uh, have a little more empathy and listen a little longer. You know, just try to slow your pace down so that you can get an idea where somebody's, you know, issues are, where their hurt points are. Uh, and, and sadly, the, the political uh, situation, uh, I, I'm not going to name one country, uh, globally has been very much uh, seeming to be trying to fragment and, and compartmentalize people uh, too much. And I, I won't go too far off on the, on the political vent, but uh, I think that, you know, when you're at a point where at the end of the day you can look in the mirror and know that you've helped somebody instead of try to segregate, uh, you know, factions, is, it's a much better feeling. Uh, so, you know, back to, to uh, build for impact, I think that we've touched down on, on all of the pillars. Um, I guess, and I super appreciate that, uh, that you took the time to share with us in our audience today, Miranda. I'm, I'm trying to think of if I've got any more questions or anything that, that I'm 
missing that you think is worth sharing? I know that we touched down on net zero. We certainly touched down on, on leadership and mentorship and on resiliency and, and the need for us to continue to see our programs grow and, and elevate the process. What, what would you like to share in, in closing? I think back to, you know, our conversation, I guess it was just earlier this week, when we were really diving into that definition or comparison between equity and equality. And I think oftentimes, you know, it's easy to get caught up in kind of the the checklist of things or easy to get caught up in what, like, again, what the ROI looks like for doing some of this work. And we forget the, the real human element of this when we're talking about equity. We're really forgetting that there are so many more people impacted by the work that we do. Um, again, whether we're teaching them, whether they're inhabiting our buildings or our cities, whether they are you know a child of somebody who inhabits one of our buildings or part of our city, I think to me, you know, we can't, again, straight to the beginning of our conversation we can't separate any of these pillars on any front they really are so linked and i think that's why you and i are having this conversation this is why you have this amazing podcast that you have moved forward is you know how do we keep connecting how do we keep listening how do we keep learning um because it is you know a lifelong process here it's not going to stop when this conversation's over for the, for the two of us, let alone hopefully anybody who is listening to this. And hopefully, again, if there's one person who hears our conversation and is like, oh, that resonated with me, I'm going to change it. You know what? I think to your to your point, both of us can go home tonight and, and feel like we, we made an impact uh, on the world. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'll go back to the, you know, in my bio, in the first, you know, the sentence and a half of my bio, it talks about me being a, a, you know, solidly a lifelong learning advocate. And uh, in, in every time I dialogue with you, Miranda, I really enjoy it. Uh, you know, we've become uh, colleagues and friends over the years. And, uh, and I just really appreciate us being able to really candidly share these things back and forth, learn from each other, and um, encourage each other to continue doing what we do to make that monstrous impact uh, that, that we've managed to make um, in the in the built environment, and to see you know uh, additional leaders uh, brought forward, seeing them emerge, and uh, and being able to smile at the end of the day, knowing that uh, you know we've we've helped somebody uh, learn a new skill today. Absolutely, absolutely, and again, thank you so much for for giving me the time to, to talk with you today, to share my thoughts and just be part of this this dialogue that you're having and, and putting forward, putting out there. Yeah, again, in closing, thanks everybody for staying with us today. Thank you for um, visiting Build for Impact. And uh, this stuff is meant to be shared. So do give a word to other people on it uh, in addition that, uh, that it's a great program and uh, one that you'd like to... Uh, see continue. Thanks again. Uh, tune in for uh, another session real soon. Take care now. Bye-bye.